Wonderful, right. We're all ready to hear the word of God this morning? Yes? Yes. Say amen. 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 Brilliant. Right, let's get started. So, um, we're doing a series at the moment on dynamic discipleship as a church because we want to be dynamic disciples. And we as a church believe that Jesus is the best disciple maker in the whole world who ever lived. Jesus is the best disciple maker. And we're looking at discipleship through one of the books of the Bible. And the book of the Bible we're looking through is the book of Luke. Now, do you all know where the book of Luke is in the Bible? My son does, Tom. Where's the book of Luke? Anybody know? Is it in the Old Testament or the New Testament? An S. New Testament, great. You've been teaching the world, kids, church leaders, brilliant. Yes, it's, Luke is in the New Testament, and it's, um, and it's one of the Gospels. Anyone know the other Gospels? Anybody from the front row want to tell me the other Gospels? Do you know what the Gospels are? Stop giving them clues, John. John's telling them the answer, everybody. <laughs> yes. Go on, then. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. Give Jacob a chocolate. See, see, look, you get chocolate if you get the right answer. Okay, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as a church, we are looking at the Gospel of Luke. And we're looking at how to be disciples through the book of Luke. And we're looking at Jesus because he taught the disciples. He showed them how to be disciples. And he gave them guidance and wisdom in how to see their lives. And we call this discipleship. Okay. Everyone say discipleship. Discipleship. Brilliant. Not too bad. Okay. I think you could do better, really. But, oh dear, that didn't go down well, did it? So, let's try that again. Everyone say discipleship. Discipleship. See, I told you you could do that better. That was excellent. So, we're looking to be better disciples. How do we grow in discipleship? So, today, we're looking at um, the aspect of Jesus. So, we split this series in two halves. We're looking at Jesus in how he is, in characteristics of Jesus, because being a disciple, a disciple definition of disciple is a follower. It's a follower. So we're looking at who we're following. So we're spending a number of weeks looking at Jesus, the one whom we follow. So we're still in the middle of that at the moment. And then we're going to be looking at the disciples in the second half of the series in a few weeks' time. So do come back, because it's a great series. So we're looking at Jesus at the moment, and the bits that I want to look at today is Jesus as a man who had authority. Ooh. Let's hear a... Okay. So Jesus was a man who had authority. Now, we need a volunteer. Good work, Noah. Okay, a volunteer from the front row. Aaron. Yes, come... Can you help, Aaron? So, the first thing is I need somebody to put this. Okay, can you stick that in the middle of that flip chart over there for me? There's some sellotape there, Noah. Can you help him? Okay, so authority. Jesus had authority. Now, I don't know about you, but I think authority is a funny word. You know, because authority might conjure up all sorts of things for us. Okay. You need your glasses to do the sellotape. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and 
My, my wife has kindly volunteered to be the scribe. Let's give Abby a round of applause. With my beautiful assistant, Tom. It's a family affair here, look. Right, brilliant, okay. So what does authority conjure up for you? What do you think of? And include the adults, not just our experts on the front row. This is our expert panel. What does authority conjure up for you? So I want you to shout out words or phrases that... Um, well done, Aaron. Let's give Aaron a round of applause. Okay. What does authority conjure up? Shout out. Say again. The queen. Can we write down the queen? Anything else? Teachers. Okay. Parents. Police. Law. Disciples. Prime Minister. Yep. Rules. Yep. Anything else? Say again. The Bible. Who? The boss. Good. Thank you. The boss. Okay. What about character? Say again. Church. Respons- Thank you. Oh, I could rely on Stuart to give me a nice one. Resp- I think he deserves a chocolate. What do you think, Tom? Responsibility. No, don't write Stuart down. So, responsibility. Any other, you know, sort of adjectives? Not just people, adjectives. So, leadership. Respect. Go on, Nathan. Don't be shy. Negative. Yeah, negative. Some people have neg. Power. Thank you, Jade. Good one. I think we've got respect. We've got respect. Okay, other things. Other things with authority. Is that again, Mike? Dominion. Sorry, Mike. I thought you. I saw your lips move. Um, <laughs> Dominion. Food. How does authority? Connect with food. I think you're hungry. Okay. We put it down because it's an answer. Govern. Good. Govern. Okay. Say again, Aaron. Face. Faith. Faith. Unseen world. Authority of the unseen. Spiritual. Yep. Spiritual authority. Naomi, what would you like to say? Heaven. Yes. Woohoo. I love children's responses. The authority in heaven. Absolutely. Right. I think that's a load, isn't it? That's probably enough. So, yes, there's a Bible verse which talks about authority in heaven and on earth. So we can write earth as well down there. Mum, if you wouldn't mind. Right. So that's looking at authority, and it's a great brainstorm. Well done. We got there. Authority involves two people. There is the one who is in authority, and there is the other who is under authority. Our authority involves two people. For many of us, we experience authority through work, with our bosses. You know, these can be very positive experiences, but they can also be very negative. 
There can be experiences that can lead to stress and worry. We can experience authority at home with our mummies and daddies. Do we experience our mummy and daddies? Authority at home. What do you think? Yes? For the, <laughs> for the older children in the room? Less so, perhaps. Oh, but it's still there. Um, when it's, do, any of you, do any of your parents tell you to go to bed? Mm. Do any of you not like being told to go to bed? It's my son's hand, by the way, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Doesn't like being told to go to bed. Yes, yes. Um, what else have I got here? Bath time. Who likes bath time? You like bath time? Oh, that's great. So you must love it when, you, when your mum and dad tells you to go and have your bath. Yes, is that a good time? Yeah, good. So actually, that's not too bad. That authority is a good one. That one passes. And uh, what about um, washing your hands before dinner? Uh, that's rubbish. Oh. <laughs> yes, you can see what happens in our home just before dinner. <laughs> so... Washing hands. I think we need some uh, health and safety teaching for my son on uh, why we wash our hands before dinner. But as you can see, authority can sometimes hit a wall. Sometimes people don't want to come under authority. But I might cover that a little bit later. But there are some good authority figures in the world, but there are also some bad ones. Now, I want to play a quick game with you. Okay, can we play a game? Is that all right? Yeah, you like games? Okay, right, let's play a game. Right, this game is the following. I'm going to call out some names of some famous people. Now, if you haven't heard of them, then uh, ask your mum or dad about it later, who they are. But some famous people, and these famous people, I want you to think about in their lifetime, when they had power, when they had influence, okay, when they had authority, would they have used their authority in a good way or a bad way? Okay, so if they were using their authority well, I want you to give a cheer. Okay, so, you know, a big cheer. If they've used it badly, I want you to go boo. Can you do that for me? Okay, let's practice. Okay, first of all, cheer. Okay, let's hear a boo. Okay, brilliant. You've got the idea. Okay, the first one. Mother Teresa. Brilliant. You got it. See, you can do this. Brilliant. Do you know who Mother Teresa is? Oh, brilliant. Ines does. Well, sort of. Where's, um, where's Riazza? There she is. She knows who Mother Teresa is. Very good. Very good. Uh, Mother Teresa. Winston Churchill. Yes. He helped our country get through the Second World War. Boo woo. What does that mean? In, oh, right. In the middle. Winston Churchill. Yes. Mm. Henry VIII. Boo. Boo. Yes. Not so sure about Henry VIII, but I, I don't think what he did were many good things. Abraham Lincoln. Hooray. <laughs> Donald Trump. Okay. Theresa May. Sorry, I don't mean to get political. Um, Florence Nightingale. Let's get back on the... Yay! She was great, wasn't she? Florence Nightingale. The Queen. Yay! We love the Queen. Adolf Hitler. Boo! Nelson Mandela. 
Brilliant. And Jesus. Yeah, he gets a cheer. Okay, now, just before we get on to look at Jesus and how he used his authority while he lived, breathed, and walked on the earth, I just want to share with you 10 traits of those that haven't, or those people, sort of people that don't use their authority well at all. These are 10 traits of bad bosses. And I probably... We might have experienced some people with these traits in the room. But this is from a website called the Association for Talent Development. <laughs> so here we go. Top 10. Number 10. Person who doesn't use their authority well blames others when something goes wrong. A person that never praises or encourages. A person that's unavailable. At number 7. Person that's always right. Full of pride. A person that's a terrible listener. A person that's a poor communicator. Number four. A person that's unapologetic. Yeah, these are bad, aren't they? Really bad. And number three. A person that bullies. Number two. A person that shouts. And the worst thing of a bad boss, the number one, is someone who's self-centered and the world revolves around them. I don't know if you can see some of those things in people that, that you might have worked for. But you know, it's funny, because I can see some of those things in me at times. It really is true. I can see some of those things at me. And I, it just shows that none of us are perfect in being able to, be, to use our authority well all of the time. There is, in fact, only one person in all of creation that was able to exercise, I love Naomi, isn't she good? She knows all the right answers. <laughs> Tom, chocolate for Naomi, good, good idea. And Jesus is the only one that demonstrates his authority in a perfect way. In fact, probably all the opposites of those bad top 10 ways that people demonstrate it badly. So what I want to do is just spend a few moments with you, just looking at from the Gospel of Luke, as I said, where we look at five ways that Jesus, while he walked on the earth, demonstrated his authority. So the first one is, and I need a volunteer for this, so um, would you like to be a volunteer for me? Come up here for a second. So the first one is Jesus, we read in the book of Luke, had authority over creation. Now you're going to have to hold that, hold it so everyone can see it, thank you very much. And uh, can you all see that okay? Brilliant. So the first thing we know about Jesus, when he lived on earth, he had authority over creation. And how do I know that? Well, I hope your arms aren't going to get too tired, because we've got another four of these to go. Um, so he had authority, and we know that because we read in Luke 8. So if we turn, if you've got your Bibles with you, if you've got a Bible, don't worry if you haven't, because something might come on the screen. Uh, yes, there it is, Luke 8, 25. So in Luke 8, we read a, a wonderful account here of where Jesus is out on the water with his disciples and something um, quite normal happens, a storm comes along. Now Jesus, interestingly enough, he's fast asleep inside the boat, but the disciples get really panicky, as you would if a storm had come. They're like, they think they're going to sort of perish. In fact, they say um, to him, the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. 
I mean, that's pretty scary stuff. It says they're in great danger. And then what happened? So they woke Jesus up, and, uh, and they said to him, we're going to drown. And then Jesus got up, and do you know what he did? This is how we know he had authority over creation. Because he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. And it says that the storm subsided and all was calm. And that's what Jesus does. In any situation, he brings calm. And he has such authority that he can speak to creation. And he can cause the waves to stop. Jesus has authority over creation. And I think that's pretty cool, don't you? So that's the first thing. Number two, I need another volunteer. Who would like to be a volunteer? Israel, would you come and do something for me? Could you hold something for me? Yeah, good lad, well done. Okay, number two. So if you come here next, come here and stand here. That's it, well done. And then you show that to everybody. Okay, so Jesus also had authority over sickness. Now this is a, um, a wonderful, wonderful thing. That even today, we believe as Christians that Jesus has authority over sickness. That Jesus can heal people today. And we read so many stories in the book of Luke of Jesus healing people from their sicknesses, from their diseases. I, I mean, it, it's just amazing. I mean, all I've done on the, on the screen here is I've got three, on the next slide, there's three things. Three verses that Sam might put up in a moment. Of three verses where Jesus is a demonstration of Jesus healing. The first one is in Luke 4, verse 40. So here we have Jesus. Um, uh, where is he? He's, it just says, I mean, the title of this chapter says, Jesus heals many. And in verse 40, when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses, various kinds, not just the cold. He heals all sorts of sicknesses. He lays hands on each one and he healed them. Every single person that came to Jesus was healed. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus was in the business of healing. He had authority over sickness, that he could heal people like that. And then the next one, Luke 5, verse 15. So the next chapter, we read, The news about him spread all the more. He was the news of the fact, what amazing works God was doing through him. So the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. And then finally in Luke 6, the next chapter, Luke 6, 19, all the people were trying to touch him. For power was coming from him and healing them all. It wasn't just a few. Jesus healed them all. And the power of God flowed through Jesus and healed the people that he came into contact with. And the same Jesus that healed then is the same Jesus that heals today through me and you. We can pray for people as followers of Jesus and see them healed. Hallelujah. Okay, number three, I need another volunteer. Esther, brilliant. Hand straight up. How about that? Can you get, oh, you got an extra person to help you. Oh, you're helping me, Joel. There we go. Excellent. Brilliant. Thank you, you two. That's really good holding. Okay. Now, this one says he had spiritual authority. Okay. So he had authority over the spiritual realm. You know, we also read in Luke that Jesus demonstrated his authority in the spiritual kingdom as well as the natural. This is the natural. 
where people are sick. But this is the spiritual, where we don't see the spiritual. But Jesus had authority in it and over it as king of kings, as Jesus is God. He has authority in that area. Everything spiritual submitted to his authority. Everything spiritual came under Jesus' kingdom reign because Jesus is king and everything spiritual comes under his authority. Isn't that wonderful truth that the Bible, again through the book of Luke, we see examples of that. Okay, number four. Wonderful. Shiloh. Excellent. Do you want to go and stand next to Esther and then show that to everybody? Okay, number four. He had authority over death. (gasps) Oh my goodness me. Wow, that's pretty big. Death's pretty final. But Jesus had authority over that as well. Now then, let's see. I think I've got a Bible first to read to you here on this particular aspect. We're going to turn now to Luke 24. So if you have your Bibles in Luke 24... Verses um, 5 and 8 I'm going to read in a moment. But just to give, set the scene, Jesus had already died. He died on the cross and he'd gone and that was it. He was dead. And he'd been buried in this tomb. And this was the third day. The Mary Magdalene, um, Mary the uh, mother of James, had gone to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body with oil and spices. It's what they did. Back in that day, they anointed the body. But when they got there, Jesus' body wasn't there. Jesus had risen. Jesus had come back to life. And the reason he did that was because he needed to take away all the sin in the world. And what he did is he took it away, left it in the deepest, darkest place of hell, and he resurrected. He was risen again. And it says from verse Um, five, the the two ladies met these men and they said this, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and then on third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. So Jesus had authority over death and he's the only person that ever lived that had that level of authority. Powerful stuff. Power of sin and death, broken forever because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right. Well done, you guys. You're doing really well. We just have one more. Okay, is that all right? Okay, brilliant. Right, I need one more volunteer. Somebody from this section here. Would you like to come up and stand with me? Thank you so much. There we are. Number five. Okay, if you hold that up, show everybody what number five is. Well, here we are. This is a pretty general one. Jesus has authority over all things. Now, what I want to do with this one is just to really uh, draw out a a verse from Philippians, if you like. Um, Philippians 2, where we read that, um, you know, this is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. And it talks about Jesus um, humbling himself, did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped. But he became obedient to his father um, to death, even death on a cross. And what does it say in the word of God? It says that God exalted him to the highest place. So it's almost like Jesus gave up all his power, 
his authority that he had at his disposal, he gave it all up. And why did he give it up? The key question of the morning. Yes, Naomi. Ah, oh, that deserved a chocolate. He was taking everyone's sin. I would, she, she deserves them. He was taking everybody's sin away. So he gave up this great kingdom, this great throne room in heaven, in order to take away everybody's sin in the whole world. That as you choose to follow him, as you choose to trust in Jesus, he has taken all the bad things away on himself. That he rose again, he left it behind, and he's alive. That you can know life through Jesus. And he humbled himself. And a mark of true authority is that sense of really caring for and looking out for the best for those that you have authority over. And what did God do um, for Jesus? He... uh, he exhorted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So Jesus was exalted to the highest place and given authority. So he gave it all up, but then he was given back all authority, not that it was ever taken away, but he was given back all authority in heaven and on earth. And he's now got authority to bring life to everything he touches. That everyone who comes into contact with Jesus can know his life-giving spirit. You know, and it's the same today. It's the same today as it was then. That Jesus has authority in heaven and on earth. You know, it says in Matthew 28, there's a verse in Matthew 28, where it says that... um, you know, all authority in heaven on and earth has been given me. And it's Jesus talking about it. And then it says, after that, it says, go and make disciples. So Jesus wants us to take his power, his authority, and share it with the rest of the world. That he wants us to go and make disciples with our friends, with our neighbors, with our work colleagues. To see other nations impacted with the good news of Jesus. You know, what does, this pra- what does this authority look like in practice? Well, I would say that, first of all, we need to receive Christ's love, his grace, the knowledge of Jesus, that we're able then to exercise this authority with those that we um, interact with, that we might share his love and his grace with those around us. You know, I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was 14. And I have never looked back. It's the best decision I've ever made. Because Jesus is the best person that ever lived. And he's still my friend today. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that for the moment. But can we just give these wonderful children a round of applause for standing so well at the front of you? Tom, can you give them all a chocolate? Okay, and if you lovely children could just sit yourselves down at the front here just while I finish off. You can keep those if you want for a minute and uh, just sit yourselves down. Wonderful. So it's been wonderful to see the way that Jesus, you can just keep that, has, has exercised his authority, you know, by laying down his life, by having authority, as we read in the book of Luke, over lots of things, natural and spiritual. And I want us just to think about for a moment, have you ever made a decision to submit yourself to the authority 
of Jesus. Have you ever made a decision to lay down your life to follow him, to ask Jesus into your life? Because, you know, we have lots of authority figures in the world, and Jesus is the greatest authority figure that you could ever know. Because he's the kind of person that just lays down his life for anybody who comes to him. As we saw how he did it on the cross. If you've never made a decision to submit yourself to him, can I encourage you to do that today? And if that's not, if you're not in that place, then can I encourage you to consider finding out more about who Jesus was, how he lived, what he did, how he potentially I believe the Bible teaches that he is forever, that he was yesterday, today, and forever. He is forever. He is eternal. And he wants us all to share that eternal life with him. If you've never made that decision to follow him, can I encourage you to perhaps attend an Alpha course to find out more, to ask questions, to have opportunity to talk about who Jesus was and his claims um, over all history. Jesus laid down his life and, you know, those that we respect most in life, I think, are those who are are willing to bring out the best in us, who are willing to commit their time to help us grow, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be in our spiritual journey, you know, that we would willingly submit and follow those who have the power to see us become all that we can be. And I think for me, Jesus is one of those. Jesus carries that kingdom authority, and I willingly submit to him. You know, Jesus was perfect in giving his life to us. And my encouragement is that we give our lives to him. Jesus restores, he establishes, he establishes a kingdom through grace and love and patience. For each one of us, Jesus brings hope and life and love. And Jesus is the one in whom we can completely trust. You know, we can turn to him in times of difficulty. Because Jesus doesn't enforce his authority on us. He doesn't enforce it. And that's wonderful about him. He gives us a choice whether we want to come to him or not. Whether we want to come under his authority And I just want to give a moment now. So we just, all of us across the room are going to close our eyes just for a couple of minutes. So if you could just close your eyes. Okay, now I'm going to just say a prayer. I thought it'd be nice to say a prayer at the end here. And I'm going to leave space. If you want to say this prayer with me, then I'm going to leave a bit of space after each line. And what I want you to do, I want you to say these words in your own heart. If you really feel that today's the day, I want to say, actually, Jesus, I want to come under your authority. Then you can say these words. You can say them out loud if you want, but you can say them in your heart. Either way, God knows where you're at. And this is a prayer, really, to say, Jesus, yes, I want to say, I want to follow you. I want to submit to your authority. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. 
in order to take my sin away. I am sorry for all the things I've done that separates me from you. Today I receive your forgiveness. I choose to trust you today. I choose today to come under your authority. I choose today to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for coming into my life. Amen. Now, if I could just ask you to keep your eyes closed just for a little bit longer. Now, if that's the first time that you've ever said that prayer, or maybe you've said it today as a way of recommitting your life to following Jesus. Maybe you've just really not been following him, but today you've thought, yes, I want to just recommit my life to following you. If you said that prayer, can I just ask you just to just show, indicate to me, just with a hand, that you've said that prayer for the first time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Okay, I'm going to now open your eyes now. I'm now going to pray for us and I'm pray blessing over you over the rest of this day. It's an exciting day. We've got the cricket. Hooray. Tennis. What time does the tennis start? Two o'clock. I think we've got other Grand Prix. Grand Prix followers. So we've got lots of exciting things on today. So I'm just going to pray blessing over us. And if you put your hand up, if you're one of those people that put your hand up, I would love to speak with you at the end. So do please come and talk to me. And I'd love to follow up and just encourage you, encourage you with some things to take away with you, some reading material, and talk to you afterwards. So it would be wonderful to speak with you. Okay, so let's just, I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to finish with a song. Band, you want to come up, uh, wherever you might be? Um, and then we're going to finish, and then we're going to have our lunch together as a church family. Father, I thank you for your wonderful spirit that has been with us this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you've done for us. And I just pray blessing over everybody here today. I pray bless us as we go from here. May we each know your, your love, your provision, your protection, your guidance over this week ahead. And uh, Lord, bless us as we go about our afternoon, whether it be the lunch here, whether it be celebrating um, with Joe and Vanessa, whether it be watching the sport. Lord, may we know you more. May we know the blessing of your grace and love over us. In Jesus' name, amen.